0: Good morning. Good morning. This is Working in the Wings. I am Haley. I, uh, <laughs> uh,
1: we How's, were doing so good. That is a cute morning voice. It was so cute. Um That's Haley with the frog in her throat. And that's Mallory that doesn't have the frog in her throat. You're welcome because I had tea this morning. I, I had ha- caffeine. I had a diet coke. Sponsor sure. us. <laughs> that would be Haley's dream sponsor. Um so this week, uh, we had our first phone interview uh, with Larry Rogowski, who is a producer. Um, I met him actually back in my other Josh Cohen days, which we have talked about, which we I have talked about many times before, and this is not the last you will hear of it either. Um, but good La- show, I, good, you know, good for good show, show, good
2: experience.
1: Um, and so Larry really helped peel back the curtain on what a producer's role is because they aren't necessarily like I don't think they fall under the role of technical theater they definitely fall under the role of like creative direct administration administration like they hold so many hats and teacups and you know wear so many jackets like they just have a million jobs and I feel like we barely scratched the surface it was nice to put And I hate saying it because I don't want to be, because I
0: feel like it will come out a little negative, but it was nice to put humanity into a producer. Absolutely. Because I feel like you, um, they're a good gate, a good gate of complaining to be like, it's the producer's fault for Mm -hmm. this or whatever. They take all the flack. They take all the flack. And I don't even think they know they do, but um, it was so great to kind of put a face to a faceless position for me.
1: Because especially with us, with technicians, we do not usually come across producers. Um, They just, you know, there are so many other uh, steps of the ladder of hierarchy that we talk to before the producers. Um, You know, so like we talk to our supervisor who would then talk to the stage manager who would then talk to maybe a producer or general management and then the producer. Um, So usually the interaction is not direct for us as just lowly little dressers. Right. Um, and Larry is a wonderful person oh, so who's lovely. worn very many hats and mm-hmm. led a very interesting life yep. and has a very impressive resume. Yeah. And we're happy to share it with you. I know, we're we- so excited. So we hope you enjoy this episode. Hopefully there aren't any sound gremlins hiding in there, but if there are again like i've said a million times just be patient
0: just be patient also i hope you enjoy this really short intro we're trying to not uh, we're trying, trying.
1: We're, we're taking be, feedback we're taking feedback <laughs> all right enjoy this uh this interview with larry Lee and mallory working in the wings hi larry thank you so much for being with us today Thank you. Hi. Um, we are so excited to talk to you because we, we have no idea what you do. Not a, not a lick. <laughs> um, so we're going to be asking a lot of questions that maybe to you seem obvious, but I think to the majority of the world, even those working in the theater industry, don't really have a background on.
3: Cool. I think you're right. Everybody asked me, well, what do you, what is a producer? What is that, what do you actually do?
1: Right. Well, All okay, time. let's, let's go back a little bit. Let's get your highlights real, if you will. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, how you found yourself in the world of theater, and then eventually to producing? Yeah, that sweet little journey.
3: Okay. Well, um, I started out as probably most people in the theater do as an actor. And um, I was to college, you know, I was a theater major in college. And, um, Moved to New York. I'm actually originally from New York anyway, but um, moved into New York City right after college. And I was an actor for about seven years with varying degrees of success. You know, I did some national tours and some regional theater and all that. And then um, I took a complete detour and I left the business and I became a massage therapist Ooh. and an integrative nutrition coach. And I started an entire enterprise, if you will, in the health and wellness world. Um, and I, you know, I, you know what you know so I catered to the Broadway community Um, a lot of my clients were um, Broadway performers a lot of dancers over the years and then I started to really build that into a consulting business into doctor's offices with um, you know integrating wellness programs and all that so that really took on a life of its own and it freed up a lot of my time so I wasn't doing hands-on work anymore and um, I wanted to be back in the theater but not as an actor I wanted to be back on the on the other side, and I always thought about producing. But like most people, I had no idea what that even looked like or what that meant. Um, but I just knew I wanted to do it. So I had a very interesting opportunity that came my way. Actually, um, back oh boy, uh, maybe six or so years ago,
2: mm-hmm.
3: if you recall, there was a show off Broadway called Disaster that was written by. Uh, Seth Rudetsky and Jack Plotnick. And the original idea was conceived by Seth and Drew Geraci. Well, Drew Geraci happens to be my husband.
0: Oh! oh. <laughs> so, you know, very convenient, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, so
3: <laughs> so when that happened, um, my, my buddy and I, um, her name is Sue. She um, She's my now-producing partner we did a very small investment in disaster when it was off Broadway, just because we loved the show. And of course he was my husband, we had this connection to it and um, we're really around uh, the show a lot. And then when it was optioned by a Broadway producer um, to move to Broadway, obviously um, that producer asked us to come on board as co-producers. Oh, and that's yeah. really what started the whole journey. And at first I, I remember <laughs> saying to him, yes, but we would love to co-produce, and what does that mean?
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we would love to be a part of this. What are we doing? I love exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs>
3: exactly. So, and a lot of, I'll tell you, a lot of producers, wherever they're at, they usually start as co-producers. Some of them start as investors. Mm-hmm. It really depends on what your journey is, but this was my journey. Right. So, came okay, so a co-producer.
1: So, in layman's terms, can, like, the average Joe, how would you ex- describe what a producer... Oh does is what their role is within a production
3: yeah so it depends on what type of a producer you are there's a few different types there is a co-producer which is essentially someone or a group of people that commit to raising a certain amount of financing for a show for um for for a credit for a spot um usually above title sometimes below title it depends Mm -hmm. and then you have a seat at the table for you know for the ad meetings and the shaping of the show you don't really have creative input however you can give your advice and then the lead producer will choose to use it or not (laughs) Um, (laughs) so that's a co-producer and then a lead producer this is on you know a broadway and off-broadway show is the person who really does it all they are the sort of everything's the buck stops there with the lead producer of a show there they have all the responsibility, so they're in charge of all the financing all the creative decisions all the hiring all the firing all that kind of stuff that happens that when you're watching a show you don't see you just see the performers but of course, you have to think about everything that goes into the show—from the, you know, sets, the costumes, the, all the designer, all the design elements, and then of course the advertising and marketing campaign. So that's what the lead producer does. They, I think of the lead producer as the the puppet master, really, ah, just sort of okay. in control of the whole shebang.
1: The
0: Geppetto of the Pinocchios. Yes,
3: exactly. (laughs) Oh, that's what every
1: actor wants to be called.
0: I know. (laughs) I did it. Well, technically, we're part of that, too. That's very true. Because that's a lot. I think, you know, it's so funny um, working on theater. You kind of think of producers as, like, these blank face, like, almost kind of like the Charlie Brown adults that they don't really Uh, exist, but they do. And they, and their word is all, but it's nice to kind of hear like, yeah, the producer knows that they have all of these things to worry about and that, that this is like their job.
3: Well, the producer, first of all, it's taking on all the risk, right? But also you you hope that whoever the lead producer is, is a good casting director, even though they're also hiring the literal casting director, because the producer is going to, Build the family, you know, and create the the environment that's there eight shows a week. And if that lead producer messes that up, it could be a nightmare of an environment. But if the producer does a great job, it can be joyous, and everybody looks forward to being there every show eight times a week, which is a lot, as you guys both know. Yes,
1: we do. Um, so I just I just want to throw it out there: the producer. Especially the head producer are the ones who are, when you say risk, they are putting in potentially like a lot of their own personal money at the hopes that this show will recoup. Is that kind of where the money comes from
3: in sometimes. a theatrical um, production? Yeah, it could, look, again, it could look, there's no rules. It could look a lot of different ways. Um, sometimes the lead producer is putting in a lot of their own money or a little of their own money or sometimes none. Um, they identify investors to build with. I think um, it's always good for the lead producer to have some skin in the game financially, um, but not necessary. So if you're really good at raising money, which is which is an area that you know my producing partner and I, we pride ourselves on, that's really what we love to do is to identify investors and cultivate those relationships and bring them to the table. And, and so they have an amazing experience, whether the show makes money or not. Um, but then again, yes, some lead producers, they'll literally write, to check all by themselves, and it could be the only producer above title. It's very uncommon with Broadway these days because it's so expensive to to produce a Broadway show. But mm. off-Broadway, sometimes you'll see that, okay. with it's just one producer.
1: And mm-hmm. a theatrical producer is very different from a film or television producer, correct?
3: Absolutely. So I should actually tell you, there is one more type of theatrical producer. It's becoming a lot more common these days, which is known as an executive producer in oh, okay. the theater. So an executive producer is a hired hand. Um, and sometimes we do that as well. We're, we're, right now we're executive producing a show that's in early stages of development. And we're, we're there because the person who's funding it, I guess you could refer to him as the lead producer, he has another very full-time gig, so and he doesn't know how to produce. So he has the financing to do it, but he doesn't know how to do it. So he needs someone like us to come in and really shepherd it and shape it and figure out where it's going to go next Mm -hmm. um and to be the you know the puppet master Mm -hmm. like i was saying so your question was about film versus theater so in film in the film world the executive producer has a totally different meaning that's the person who's putting in all the money Whenever you see executive produced by, those are the people that financed it. So when and there s- may be other investors too, but they, they um, financed it.
0: So when you see produced by Sarah Jessica Parker in Sex, in the, uh, what yeah Sex in the City? Yeah. I was about to say Big Sex in the City, and I was like, that's not the title. That sounds very <laughs> wrong. Um, she's like throwing her own money in it, and this is if, this if is more of a film producer, thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. And so when okay, where are my words? It's a little early. Well, what are so? So
0: we kind of we talked about like basic stuff, but what are some specific things that you could tell us that like a producer does? Like I guess like a, an a challenging experience that you happen to have as a producer. Just so it's just like a little bit, a little bit more specific.
3: Sure. Um, well, I'll talk about being a lead producer. There we go about Great. that. Um, and and Mallory, this is familiar to you because you this is how I know you, because you worked on the show with us. Right. There was a show that we produced last year off-Broadway at the West Side Theater called The Other Josh Cohen. So fun, by the way. Like, I love this show so much, right? Mm. It's just, it's an incredible, sweet, 90-minute love fest. Uh, We ran for six months at the West Side Theater, and we're actually now in licensing, which is exciting. That's always, you know, as a producer, you hope. When she, you know, because life doesn't end in New York. There is a whole world out there, and that's all in licensing a show or touring a show, or you know, yeah. there's what all sorts does, of rights that come along with the show when you produce it. What does
1: um,
0: licensing exactly mean?
1: Sorry, we're going to divert to define. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah,
3: <laughs> sure. I can, I could talk about licensing. So uh, to me, like that's part of you know, it's like the holy grail of producing. It's like you hope to get to where your show gets licensed, and then you you know, you we've all been to you know. Junior high schools to watch, um, you know, Beauty and the Beast Junior, right?
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Absolutely. Or or Susicle, or all these shows that have this incredible life. Even some of them that didn't make any money on Broadway, they go on to make tons and tons of money, all, you know, playing in high schools, community theaters, um, all different levels. You know, they could have first class productions, which is, you know, a first class national tour and all the big playhouses, but then all the way down to playing in, you know, a gym and uh, Paducah, Kentucky, right. Whatever that all that your cash register rings. If you have, if you, you know, depending on the, the way you worked your original contracts mm-hmm. with the rights and the rights that you have towards licensing, which of course you do in the very beginning, you negotiate all that stuff with the writers and their agents uh-huh. from the start. So, you know, again, the example of the other Josh Cohen, I, I talk about it as I know it very well is, while we were running off Broadway, we invited all the licensing companies in to see us. We actually had a bit of a bidding war, which was really fun because people loved the show. And we went with um, TRW Theatrical Rights Worldwide, and they licensed the show. And now, I mean, I, I literally just found out we have a production, a six-month production happening of it out in Denver.
0: That's incredible. That's my
1: hometown. Hey, so happy. Yeah,
3: to Denver That's Center. So
1: also, so it's such all a over great the great place. place.
3: And, and it's great for the writers, it's great for the creatives, yeah. and it's great for the original producers because we all, and the investors, because we see a piece of that.
1: Oh, that's awesome. such a great place for it to come alive again, I too. Know. Oh, Denver's going to love it. Denver, go yeah. see the other Josh Cohen when it comes. Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> Two people in Denver that listen to us. Spread I the word. <laughs> um, I went to college there. I actually wouldn't be surprised if quite a few people from my college listen. Um, okay, uh, sorry. So going, awesome. going backwards. So we were talking about the roles of a lead producer, and you were going on about Josh Cohen, and we just made a big, oh, yeah. you know, detour, we what to which we do. Um, so some roles within other Josh Cohen, I don't mind using a specific example, I think it helps. Um, what were some of the roles that you had, even like before the show, you know, got on its feet in tech?
3: Okay, so we had to, there's a, there's a lot to do before
1: tech. Oh, sure. <laughs> oh I know, can't
0: right? imagine.
3: So why don't I talk about right from the very start identifying a property? So we had a unique situation with the show, but again, it always looks different. You know, as a producer, you really hope to find that hidden gem, that show that like that you discover mm-hmm. and that you shepherd all the way to get to the highest of heights, right? Um, now, so you might find a show and then it sort of conks out and stalls, you know, during workshop or, you know, you have a fallout with the writers. You never know how it's going to go. You really, I always look, when I look at projects, I want to meet the writers and know that I'm going to be able to get along with them and I want to like them and hang out with them because you're going to be spending a lot of time with the writers
2: mm-hmm. and
3: helping them to shape it and cultivate it. <clears throat> so um, you're going to option a piece. That's the first thing. And that means that. You identify a project, and then you work with the writer. It depends on where the writers are at in their careers. Some writers have agents, some don't. Uh, it's super easy if they don't have agents, because then you just negotiate directly with them, and, and that's that. If they have agents, of course, and of course, the, the more established writers will have agents. So then you're dealing with the, um, the agents and negotiating to get the option on the piece. And that could look a lot of different ways. It, you know, the, the financing could be different for all of it. It could cost you a very little bit amount of money or, you know, if it's very established writers, if you're dealing with, <clears throat> excuse me, Stephen Sondheim, you're going to be paying a big option.
2: Yes.
0: Press, <laughs> you know, so um, so you option the piece. So that means
3: that you're you paying you're, you're like sort of leasing it from the writers. You're paying them a certain amount of money for a certain amount of time to get the show produced. Uh, and typically you have a year Again, it's it, that's negotiated It could be less or it could be more To get the show to production If you fail to do that Within that year, the rights revert back to the writers You can either renegotiate and option it For another six months or a year Or you let it go And then another producer can take it and option it Or anything can happen at that point okay. Some shows just sit for years So once you have the option That's when the fun starts That's when you start putting your team together <clears throat> and you'll identify the director of course i think that's one of the first things that you do not always you may attach a star to a piece you may you know so you want to have something appealing mm-hmm. from the star because then you get if you you if, let's just say you attach a star or someone that's well known then it's really easy to get the rest of the gang together because they say oh well if, well, if um you know um who Reese Witherspoon's attached of course I'm going to do this project I don't even know what it is but it's Reese Witherspoon you That's know, the so draw of the name It makes a big difference Yeah Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so then from there, it's, again, it's putting your team together. So it's identifying all the designers. So custom designer, lighting designer, uh, set designer, you want to you have a list of theaters. You, you want to have an ideal theater that you want to be in. And this is a super huge challenge, especially right now, because there's only so many theaters in New York mm-hmm. and there's a lot more shows than theaters that want to be in them. Yeah. So. Big lesson here. You want to be a theater landlord <laughs>
1: <They're>
3: the <laughs> because they, they have so much power, you know,
1: that's where the money of theater lives. Yeah. It's owning the yeah. theater.
3: Yep. Yep. Wow. So, um, so you identify a theater, hopefully you get the one that you want, but you don't always. So sometimes you need to sort of like change things around a little bit, depending on the size of the theater. And of course there's your hiring, your casting directors and casting the show. Then, You know, identifying your – this actually, this happens before. Identifying your general manager, that's one of the first things you do. And you have to have a lawyer, too. Oh. Um, So those are the – you know, having a lawyer, having a general manager, those are the first things that you nail down. Um, This is
0: kind of a weird question, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but is there, like – are there lawyers that are specifically, like – is it, like, a contract lawyer, or is it someone who specifically, like, does law for theater? Is that weird? Yeah,
3: theatrical lawyers. There's many out there now. And they're most of them are great. All the ones I've come across are really great. I, I, I always give them a big tip. You want to identify a lawyer who doesn't have much ego and maybe who doesn't also necessarily want to be a producer. because there are some lawyers that, that also produce, which is fine. I personally like to work with lawyers that are that don't um, also want to be, producing and doing other things so they could just focus on the contracts and be like really attentive to that
1: it removes a cook out of the kitchen yeah i love that just just get
0: that cook out of there we got enough i love it
1: oh my gosh i can't believe i i mean i'm we're nowhere near i feel like we're nowhere even near skimming the brim of Of how much you do and, you know, it hasn't even...
0: How much it takes for a show, especially with, like, a high caliber to, like, get up. Yeah. Before the
1: actors are even hired and...
3: That's oh yeah, crazy! And now social media plays a huge part of it. So that's that's a new piece that's been added. So in addition to having your marketing team and your advertising team, you now have to bring in a social media team.
2: Mm.
0: It's it's amazing how many times I've heard a show like didn't run long or whatever because their social media team wasn't good.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm. It's, it could be, you know, it's easy to look back and say, oh, you can identify things later, and like, oh, that's why it didn't work. Yeah. It's sort of hard in the moment, you know? Oh, absolutely. It's,
0: it is, yeah, it's so hard in the moment, and then it's just like, it's just some little things that like, especially now, like that's used to not be an added,
3: mm-hmm.
0: like, way to advertise, and now social media is kind of like, it's weird.
3: It, it can make or break a show now. Yeah. yeah. A great example, I think Beetlejuice is an amazing example of what social media can do. Oh yes.
1: Yeah. They I mean they turned it around with social media. Completely.
3: It's a, I've never seen that happen. I'm sure it has happened in the past, but
1: well,
3: in recent years I haven't seen that happen with a show. I mean, with the use of, of
1: social media, it might be one of the first of its kind
3: of yeah. turning yeah. around
1: in that aspect.
3: Yeah, I think so. Mm. I mean there's shows that, you know, Be More Chill came to uh, open in New York because of social Absolutely. media. Absolutely, yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Mm-hmm. Okay, back to you all about right. <laughs> the tangents of our show. Um, so, okay, where were we? Uh, we're oh, so good. This might be a oh. part where we have to edit.
3: About <laughs> putting all the pieces together. Yes, okay. know, yes, what yes. It you're, you're, before you're, yeah, before yes. the actors actually get into rehearsals. Right.
1: So you've got your lawyer, you've got your director, you know, uh, you've got. General management. some yeah, general, general management and a space. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So then, what comes up? Is it casting?
3: Yeah. And by the way, it's not always in this order. But yeah. Sure.
1: Right. We're <laughs> you, just saying you know, what you've got in your theoretical.
0: In show this that we're theoretical going. show, we have gotten all this stuff, and now it's casting. Yeah. So you hire a casting director that you, you, hopefully, you know and trust.
3: But if you're a new producer, you may not know, so you need to shop around. You can interview different casting directors. You, you want to ask people in the industry who they like. Um, and I really find one that you feel comfortable with that, you know, has a good track record because again, the casting director is going to be with you for the life of the show, for the the production in, at least in New York. And then it could go beyond that. It could end up being for touring and all that too. So you want someone who has, you know, someone who's established, who has great files of actors for years and also has access to new actors. It seems, it seems kind of funny. It seems like, Oh, that should be easy. Casting a show. It's really hard. And then to keep, to see, again, I'll give the example of the other Jeff Cohen. It was a challenging show to cast because our actors were also the musicians, and on top of that, they, first of all, they had to be great musicians, um, great vocalists, and comedians.
0: That's hard without
3: being shticky. Yeah. tall It was a tall order. We found them, and they were amazing. And we had more in the in the wings, but that's something you know that had to really be cultivated.
0: That, yeah, I mean, that's a triple threat that you don't think about, with especially mm-hmm. the comedian aspect.
3: Right, I mean, luckily they didn't really have to
1: dance. you
3: They had to be able to move.
1: I could tell you every single actor in that show went, I'm a real strong mover. We had multiple yep. conversations with many of the different actors who were like, I'm not a dancer, that's why this show is perfect. My instrument is my choreography. That's right. Um, And so... So we got our cast. So somehow I don't even casting is a whole other thing and I would love to talk to a casting agent someday because the sheer volume of humans that you have to see and like listen to to even whittle down to Josh Cohen had seven and two swings. Maybe? Yeah.
3: That's right.
1: Um mm-hmm. Like, to get down to those nine people from hundreds, I just, I don't even know how you Right.
3: Well, I, I th- think about right now, you know, I have a couple shows on Broadway that I'm co-producer on. So Moulin Rouge is one of them. And oh! And we just are having, we just had auditions just the past week, two weeks, because there's, it's really, it's one of those shows, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's like, it is very physical. You can imagine the dancing. It's just, there's going to be a lot of, turnover in the show it's just inevitable with a show like that because there's only so long some of these performers can do that eight times a week so um which is great great opportunity because it's a show that's going to run for a long time we're putting together the national tour now and there's going to be a uk production australian production so there's lots of opportunity oh that's
1: fantastic Mm
3: -hmm.
1: no we have not gotten to see it because it is so expensive so we can Ah, tell it's doing well too
3: you can find (laughs) There is, He's right like, now, that's no guys,
1: excuse.
3: You know, January, January, February, March is the best time to yes. like get deals on tickets. You guys probably know See, that. You say yes, take-
1: that, and it is. So if you're if you're traveling, don't come to New York at Christmas time. Come to New York. Don't before, come Thanksgiving. Like, don't come
0: Christmas. Totally holidays,
1: pre-spring break. However, you, it is also the hardest time for us to find work. So so we don't really right. have the extra funds to spend on shows.
0: Yes. Makes so. sense. It's
1: yep. just terrible double like what is that? Uh, contradiction. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, on the
0: acting front, I'm currently subbing at Rock of Ages right now, at New Worlds of Ages. <laughs> not as an actor, but just as, good lord, not as an actor, but just as Wardrobe. Um, but they're having that kind of same casting thing where they're having to uh, look at different vacation swings and stuff just because, like you said about Moulin Rouge, it's very taxing. It's a very taxing show.
1: So you're st- <laughs> so you're still involved with the casting, well, not necessarily like all the time, um, but you're still involved even even, even all now, these, yeah, iterations and even now.
3: Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> He's like, of course, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, you, are you referring to like the the show and its license, it, or you, what do you mean exactly?
0: No, I guess, um, I guess even with like them doing, I guess with new decisions now. Even though it's already up, it's had its opening night. We've done, you know, because there's so many. um, I guess educational theater would be a big set where a lot of our view our listeners would have this idea that once that show's open, it's slap your hands, you're done. We've got the two weekends it's going to run. You know, no No, changes. And
3: you hope now you have a commercial production. You hope you run for years. And think about, you know, Phantom of the Opera. Absolutely. There's a lot of people who have gone through that stage door over 32 years.
0: Absolutely. You
3: know? So it's a constant, that's a full time gig for that casting director. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing when you get on a show that really that becomes your, your you know, what do you call it? Like a meal ticket or whatever you want to call yeah. it? Yeah. We'll like do a meal ticket. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, a show like once, once the show is. If it's done running in New York and it's licensed, you don't have anything to do with okay. the creative so or just, the casting anymore. It's okay. about that
1: iteration of that production.
3: Correct, exactly. Okay.
1: Which is why, you are st- are you still involved with Moulin Rouge in other iterations of it being on tour UK-Australia?
3: Yeah, so yes, um, the casting people are still involved. Now, again, I'm a co-producer on that one, so... Um, we're, it's kind of, now at this point, we're kind of along for the ride, which is an awesome ride.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
3: but as co-producers, we don't have um, a lot of responsibility in that way. Oh, okay. Um, we're just, yeah, we're involved. We're at the meetings and all that. And, of course, as the show gets into profits, we benefit, which is sure. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like we have to be there. We're not involved in the casting process or anything okay. like that. Right.
0: But you're right. still kind of like your toe is still in the pool. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So after you've got your cast set for the other Josh Cohen, what did you do after that? Were you in charge of rehearsal spaces and times like that?
3: Yeah, so you, so you hire. You, you, we have our, our general manager, the GM, mm-hmm. which is well, you hope, I hope that you love. Right. And we had a great one for that show. They know all that stuff, so they really help to guide too, and they are doing all that work. That's what you're paying them for. Oh, okay, right? You're paying them to do. You know, they do the original budget for the show, so you build in um, budget lines in the budget to you know for rehearsal space and for all the things that need to go into a mm-hmm. show essentially there's a, a line in the budget opening night party right so the gm is really doing all that work and then you approve it oh, as the lead oh, producer okay. they come and they say here's what we identified here's here's a, it's a rehearsal space that we love yay or nay and mm-hmm. we say yay yeah, or nay
1: because they can love it as much as they want but they're not cutting the check for it Correct. So. right, <laughs> right. gotcha right. so i mean it That's was, another head I didn't know about. Yeah. It's like I knew like a
0: general manager like that that was a position, but I didn't realize like its little specifics. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Um. We need like a pyramid. I right know. <laughs> <laughs> like a crazy, like one of those crazy, like it's always sunny in
1: Philadelphia, like crazy conspiracy board to help like plot That's everything. Right. Mm-hmm. So once you've got your general management and things are starting to roll in the creative process. Are you guys doing a lot more of um, saying yes, no to cutting those checks and making those budget decisions and constantly trying to stay one step ahead of what they might ask for? Like, oh, we're going to need this expensive costume piece or this specific, uh, I don't, I don't a even know. A new
0: actor's coming in and they have a completely different shape and size, so mm-hmm. we have to rebuild like, all of this.
3: Right. Yeah, so great question. As producers, we have to do a lot of saying no,
2: mm-hmm.
3: which is can be tough because' <laughs> um, my producing partner, I love to work. We like to say yes to everything we yeah. Want, yeah. you know but we just can't we have to be responsible because we're dealing with our investors' money and we have a, a fiduciary responsibility to them to not only earn you know get them to recruitment so where they make their money back, but then to get into profits. Mm-hmm. So we have to be really diligent about where the money is going, how it's being spent, and um, just keeping that all in check. Mm-hmm. With, with, with protecting the, the artistry of the show and the integrity of the show, we can't, you know, say no to everything and then we lose, you know, there's none of the elements that the director wanted. That's a problem, too. Right. So there has right. to be a, a balance there. How do you... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, hopefully you've identified a great director that you work closely with that also understands the role of the producer and mm-hmm. knows that, especially if it's an off-Broadway show, they need to keep things in a certain budget, in a certain area. Mm-hmm. A lot of this comes into play with the advertising and marketing piece because an off-Broadway show is competing with Broadway shows in New York. So right. we have the same – we're working with the same – the hot same eyeballs, I guess you can say. So how do we cut through that noise with, you know, a fraction of the budget of a Broadway show?
0: Right. I mean, you how- have the demograph of Off-Broadway is like competing with Moulin Rouge and Six that's coming up. And mm-hmm. so it's almost like Off-Broadway has to work just a little bit harder in those advertisements with not getting the same amount of money
1: it's like you're at the pound and everybody looks at the puppies but also these other dogs that are two or three years old are just as great and just <laughs> as lively right. have to look a little bit further in the back and it's still going to be just as great mm-hmm. but you do you have to cut through the noise of the puppies on broadway
3: that's right <laughs> that's, that's awesome. absolutely right and you hope you know hopefully people owe you some favors and you can cash in on those with extra advertising that you don't have to pay for, Mm -hmm. you know, that sort of thing really is helpful. So, you know, don't burn any bridges, Mm
2: -hmm. make friends with everybody
3: because you never know when you're like, you know what, we really need Ugh, we gotta do. it would be great if we could market in Newsday or in, you know, whatever. Right. Time out. Uh, who do you know there? You know, let's see if we can get some sort of deal. And hopefully you're also working with an ad agency that has those connections and those relationships.
0: Absolutely.
1: I, I kind of want to ask maybe a hot-button topic. Um, let's do it. So <laughs> a lot of times uh, I've experienced when going through tech in a show um, – The shows feel understaffed technically, Um, be it uh, stagehands or dressers or, uh, I don't know. Sound, crew. Whatever, just crew in general. Um, Or, you know, things of like we need three pairs of underwear, but that has to be approved through the producers because that money is still obviously coming from the producers at the end of the day, how many people you hire goes into cost of the show, which then affects the benefits of the show. Um, so a lot of times some people will say, oh, well, the producers are being tight or whatever, but
3: uh-huh. um, he's used
1: like, to uh-huh, that. I know When I was this. an
3: actor, listen, yes, I've been on both sides. Like, when I was an actor, I, I remember saying, these producers are cheap. Uh-huh. They're not treating us well. Like, I remember saying that, literally. And, of course, I'm on the other side.
1: Right, and you, you realize when you're on the other side, well, and being so close to you and sue in the josh cohen project i realized that like you had nothing but the best intentions not only for this production but for all the people involved like you you made sure that i was taken care of like the fact that i didn't have to do laundry at a laundromat every show obviously trickled down from you guys saying yes she can send out the laundry like you know definitely saved my ass uh but my bad whoops we're trying really hard to not swear on this show, but it just slips out sometimes. <laughs> oh my goodness! I know. I know. I can't Our believe integrity. I haven't
3: cursed yet, this is kind of amazing for uh, me. Okay. I
1: know. I didn't even give you the warning at the beginning.
3: I so, know. Very so, well um, so so well behaved.
1: You're so behaved. You're so professional. It's like you're a producer. So how?
3: Uh,
1: what is the best way for other departments, be it a wardrobe head, the actors? Uh, Stage All of the, management yeah. what is the best way to communicate your case to state your case of why you might need this extra thing this extra person backstage who's an extra paycheck what's the best way to communicate that and have effective uh, communication with a producer to create compromises I, I think
3: it, sorry yeah. interrupting I no. think so to document it and have a very specific reason why you need it mm-hmm. um, and clear communication. Is key without like complaining about it or right. you know talking about it with the cast because that creates this environment that doesn't because chances are if you do present it with a good case to you know you may go to the stage manager first and they would then bring it to the GM or write to the producer if it, mm-hmm. if it's something that is needed chances are it'll it'll be provided as long as there's funding for it, and it can be, mm-hmm. there just isn't always. And that's tough. Cause sometimes you're right. Like there's stuff. I remember I remember the other Josh Cohen sitting there. It was, it was right before we opened and we were in tech and it was really tough. Uh, it was a much bigger show than anybody thought it was going to yes. be yes. in a great way. And it wasn't a big show, but like it, it was bigger than people thought, you know, it was more technical elements and mm-hmm. it was just more involved And we were sliding into, you know, where previews are going to start and we were asked if we could delay previews by a performance or two. And we had to say no Mm -hmm. because we had literally a full house, the first preview. And we, we just, we couldn't be irresponsible in that way. So we had to be sure. I think we, we, we allowed a few extra hours for tech or something. We, We gave a concession, which was great. And at first we thought, Oh, we can't do that. But then we, I remember the director, um, he laid out just like why, why it's necessary. And we're like, okay, we get it. Let's do it. Let's mm-hmm. take some, you know, some of this money that was cause there usually is some money put aside in the budget. You know what I mean? There's some mm-hmm. um, reserve and that sort of thing for extra things that come up that you don't expect. Sure. So we were able to do it. Cause of course there's overtime that's involved. You're paying a lot of people. And now we're talking off Broadway. So it wasn't all union contracts, but if you go to Broadway, oof,
1: right. Oh yeah. Every hour
3: union. is like, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars because you're paying in local one and local seven six four and all these groups.
1: Yeah, it I uh, I'm sure it would have been a huge day. and I mean, you were still paying me overtime. I worked way overtime on that show and I still got paid for it. It wasn't that I wasn't getting paid, but you did not have to jump through those union contracts of like the hours and like I could run right. through lunch without getting in trouble. And... Right.
0: And I also just really appreciate the fact that it is about communication Mm -hmm. like i appreciate that answer in a sense of like it's not like come to us with documents with an actual like commutative thing instead of whining because as even a person because i'm human you know you complain Mm -hmm. and sometimes i I, i'm i do see where it's like sometimes what you are saying sounds more like a complaint instead of a need or a fix Mm -hmm. or like whatever
3: to me it's all about communication it is. if you if you are an effective communicator you're going to get a lot further so i think if everybody listening that's a really good skill to work on is how you communicate with others and the quicker that you can do it the better like if, which means picking up the you know this is really hard especially you guys are in your 20s right yes he wasn't
0: <laughs> well, well, I'm Haley's Hayley, newly into her 30s. I'm new. I'm the new. Yeah,
3: that, the reason I think, say that And I don't mean to be ageist about so it. No, right? no. So it's, the reason
1: I know I say I've got a lot to learn. I recognize that. I still. No, do. I
3: don't even mean that. I'm just talking about like how we communicate now, and oh, what I mean yeah. is you there's there's many times you have to pick up the phone and call someone and talk to them directly because if it it goes through text message or even email things get misconstrued Mm -hmm. and there's a tone that could be there or not or that you hear in your head that's not actually intended Mm
0: -hmm. there's something about a period in a text where you know someone's mad and sometimes people are just doing Mm -hmm. proper grammar Right. <laughs> exactly. But, like, anytime someone goes, sounds good to me, period, I'm like, oh, no.
3: Uh-huh. It's not and good. Yeah. And they don't mean that, necessarily. Yeah. So right. picking up that phone or having the best is an in-person conversation, and I know that stuff. But going that extra mile makes all the difference. Yeah.
0: And it's, yeah,
1: it's that extra mile I was going to say something, and then it just flew out of my head. So I'm going <laughs> to well, I think it just, it boils down to the producers are mom and dad, and they have to say yes or they have to say no excuse me they can choose to say yes they have to to say yes but they do have to say no and at the end of the day they want what's best for you like they're telling you to eat your vegetables because it's better for you than the crap load of sugar that you want to put into your body right you know and i think but nobody looks at mom and dad when they're 12 and thinks that they're the smartest person in the room
3: (laughs) yes yes exactly (laughs) <laughs> I have a seven-year-old son, and this is clear to me yes. every single day. He
1: would, <laughs> yes, he would fact-check us for sure. Absolutely. He would approve yeah. this message. Um, yes. But it's
0: also, I just love that the, as many episodes as we've recorded, especially for our the littles that listen to this, it's so much about having a good personality, working well with others, and communication, mm-hmm. no matter what department you are in. Actor, crew, producer, it's like, if you have those three things, that's really, like, just, that's how you're going to go far.
3: Yeah, it's already such a crazy world to work in. It's really, um, I mean, sometimes it just makes no sense. So, why would anybody make it more difficult than it needs to be? It's already difficult.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
3: You know, so if we could all really work together and make it great, we should do our best to do that. Look, I'm not saying there aren't problems sometimes, and sometimes there are producers that are just they don't have the best interest of everybody. Um, You know, you got it, you'll get to know who they are after a while, and you won't want to work with them. Right. And that's okay.
1: Absolutely. Because this industry is comprised of seven people, and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, That's very small. And I mean, on the other Josh Cohen specifically, I can say we were so lucky with you and Sue, and the other producers. I know that you guys had some smaller co-producers as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were all lovely. And the fact that you guys went above and beyond and learned every technician's name and, like, I still have this relationship with you is not normal. And I think I should say that, that, like, honestly, I don't know the producers on any other show I've worked on, let alone Mm -hmm. still have a relationship with them. So I think that really is, a like, a commendment to you is, how hard you strive for this community and to create a positive environment, even when it feels like the garbage is burning and, you know, we're all just (laughs) going to walk out. That dumpster is on fire.
0: Uh,
1: That's the actual term. God, I sound like grandma. Um, (laughs) I'm the 30-year-old. Old (laughs) lady in the room. I'm trying to give him a compliment and just screwing it up, but I really do appreciate the work that you do as well as the... Uh, relationships you cultivate, and I really hope that, like, that's what people can remember, is no matter how much money you put into a project, like, at the end of the day, you still gotta love each other and take care of each other. And I just, I really appreciate that about you. Hope that didn't come off too zappy.
3: Thank you. No, that's awesome. I appreciate it.
1: Um, So we are nearing the end of our time. However, do you want to plug some of your shows that you can tell us about? Because I'm sure you have many shows that are in (laughs) various stages that you can't talk about. But what are some of the productions that you are attached to right now that you'd love for people to go see, go support. We've talked about Moulin Rouge.
3: Um, yeah, um, so we have a bunch of stuff right now. So like Moulin Rouge, like we just said right. for sure. Go to the Al Hirschfeld and see that one. Bring a date; it's very sexy. Um, you'll probably get lucky that night. Oh. Um, <laughs> The other one we have right now, which we just opened December fifth, is Jagged Little Pill. is just, just incredible. And I, I just took my mom to see it on Wednesday, and she's seventy seven, and she loved it. Oh, um, I
0: love that.
3: So it's multi generational. You know, it's just a, a great, great show. I could watch it over and over. Um, so there's that one. There's we, we're opening Company
1: oh you are sorry i got yep. so excited With katiana yeah. link and patty lapone
3: god yes. and christopher yes. Seavers
0: in it yeah. and will dyer like there's so many people it's
3: so exciting yep. it's a phenomenal cast and we start that uh march 2nd preview start we open on Stephen sondheim's 90th birthday which is march oh, 22nd oh that's
0: so fantastic isn't that cool oh and
3: uh yeah so that's so this is a big season for us. We have, like, three incredible shows. We're so proud of them, really. Uh, we're co-producers on all of those. We're not the lead producers on them, mm-hmm. so we don't have the, the bulk of the responsibility. Thank God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we are also on the producing team of a new musical of The Outsiders.
1: Uh, what? I've heard uh-huh. – I, I had a friend in that – Jane, or in a reading of that, Jane Bruce – and oh
3: my buddy Jane who's in Jagged actually, Little Pill. So she
1: did I, that adore. reading while yep. we were in Josh Cohen cuz that's where I met Jane and she's now on in Broadway in Josh Cohen in the amazing ensemble, or no Fudge in a uh, Jagged Little Pill in the ensemble. I'm like sweating. But I'm so excited. and not She did know the that reading and she said it was phenomenal. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, it's
3: really good. It's really good. So that's premiering in Chicago at the Goodman Theater this summer. Exciting.
0: And um, we'll see what we have. I think we have something really special. That's incredible.
3: Coming to New York. But, you know, we, that remains to be seen. It's all part of the development. So that's happening. And something really cool is we've optioned our first film.
1: Oh! Wow. Wow. Congratulations.
3: Uh-huh. Thanks. So um, we're, you know, peering into that world, too, now.
1: <laughs> well,
0: that's awesome. Well, we'll have to come back to you at some point Great. to talk yeah. about film.
3: Um, Absolutely. When I know more about it. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yes. When you're like, "Oh, this is what happens." And <laughs> yeah. do you like- do the social media game at all or is it just like you're private for your family, nothing really. You know
3: what? I'm an, I'm an open book. I mean, Great. certainly, I'm Larry Rogowski on Facebook. I I think I'm Larry Rogowski also. Uh, or is it Larry Rogo. Uh, it's one of those. I'll, um, I'll double check. Insta. I'll put it
1: in the description, in the yeah. episode description.
3: I have a Twitter handle. I don't I don't really tweet, but. Um,
1: <laughs> That's okay. We I'm don't mostly, either. I know. I'm I'm always so like, we're always like, we're going to get it. A... Facebook
3: and Instagram.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Great. Well, we'll put that in the description below. Um thank you so much. For
3: and we have oh I should tell you sorry. Oh one yeah, more thing. yeah. Um our company website is infinecompany.com.
1: Great. I will put that in the description below as well. Um which is good for them to know. Larry, thank you so much for having yes. this conversation with us. You we feel like you welcome. peeled back the veil of the very mysterious position. Right. It's no longer a Charlie Brown care. No. no. Yeah, a Charlie Brown
0: adult. It's one of the kids. Yeah
1: big
3: right on <laughs> hey, you guys are great um, thanks for having me I really yeah, appreciate it it was fun to chat with you
1: absolutely awesome. well thank you so much we, have a, we hope you have a great rest of your day
3: thanks all right
1: thanks for tuning in this week you guys if you enjoyed the episode go ahead and write and subscribe and you can find us on Instagram at working in the wings and if you have any questions or topics you'd like for us to cover, shoot us an email at workinginthewings at gmail.com. See you soon. It's a Devil production, see?